the Rangers are watching their playoff hopes slip down the drain, and it's all thanks to one of the worst bullpens we've ever seen. It's time for something dramatic to change. We're talking about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Tuesday, September 5th. Your Rangers are 76 and 61, holding the third wildcard spot, half a game ahead of the Blue Jays, and sitting one game behind the Mariners and Astros in the AL West. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to listen every day and to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into today's episode, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win up to a 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Now, before we get into the worst bullpen that mankind has ever constructed, I'm going to save that for segment two or three, because I, I, I do want to acknowledge some good things that happened yesterday. And I know you may not want any sunshine, but we do have to shine some sunshine on Corey Seager and Mitch Garver yet again, just going absolutely bananas. Corey Seager is the best hitter on the planet. I'm pretty sure he's the best hitter that the Rangers have ever seen. Maybe the best hitter that the world has ever seen at this point. Like, it's just honestly insane the amount of value this guy is providing in the games that he's played so far this year. He was a 6.4 baseball reference for a player in just 94 games. He's got 28 home runs now on the season. He might pass last year's career high total of 31 home runs. I'm pretty sure he might pass it by next week with the rate he's hitting bombs left, right, and center, mostly right, but just absolutely annihilating them. A 453-foot two-run bomb in the first inning where everything looked joyful, everything looked great, everything Everything was amazing. The Rangers had a 2-0 lead. Nothing can go wrong until the bullpen comes in the game. And, well, that was mostly the case for the Rangers. But Mitch Garver hit one 451 feet as well. And Corey Seager's second bomb, 422 feet. I mean, these guys just cannot stop mashing baseballs right now. Corey Seager has the second-best OPS in Major League Baseball at 1,065. And that's only because Shohei Otani has just been insane this this season and he might end up being shut down for the year but it seems like Corey Seager is going to qualify for the league leaders and he he might lead lead the world in a lot of offensive categories because this guy I just cannot get tired of watching Corey Seager absolutely destroy baseballs I mean even his outs are incredibly hard hit I mean just everything off his bat is like it's insane it's honestly insane the amount of types of pitches like I'm running out of words to describe the good and bad things on this team and I will never get tired of watching Corey Seager just do so much damage at the plate. Now, he did have a very costly error that kind of turned this game around in a bad way, but offensively, I mean, you can't really fault him for that because he's an average fielder. Like, he's 
fine. But this is your shortstop. This is your shortstop that is the best hitter in baseball. Like this, this is just like a rod. Like this is basically the same level of production. He's not quite as fast or athletic or as good a fielder as a rod, but offensively, he's bringing that type of offensive firepower. Now I know the raw number is not going to hit 56 home runs. This is just not the environment for that. This is 2019 juice ball. I mean, he might hit 70 home runs with the amount of damage that he's doing to baseballs consistently, but I just can't get tired of it. And Mitch Garver as well. Another massive day at the plate, two RBIs walk, two hits, including that massive shot. I mean, he is just so incredibly important to this lineup. And I think it's, it's just about time to move. I, I, I mean, I say that, but I mean, the reason that he got his first RBI on the day was because of a massive double by Adolis Garcia, who continues to come up in big spots and gave the Rangers an insurance run, a 3 nothing lead that looked like, well, I mean, the bullpen can definitely blow that. But Andrew Heaney was looking good for the most part. It might have been some underlying data that said he was getting a little bit lucky with some hard hit balls that the Astros were just mashing against him that ended up finding fielders. But offensively, this offense did its job. Six runs should be enough to win a ball game, especially when your starter only gives up three, almost gets through five innings. But... Uh, we'll get into that in just a second, but this was just a huge, huge day for this offense. I mean, four home runs, including one by Josh Smith, who got his second straight start and also had a walk, one for three with a walk and a home run as well. OPS is up to 650 on the season. I think we might be seeing him a little more often, basically just based on left-right platoon splits. I don't think he's going to face off in the lineup tonight against the lefty Frombert Valdez. I think that'll probably be Zeke Duran. Um, and then once... Once those two, uh, once Josh Young gets healthy, I don't know that we'll be seeing much of either of those guys because Robbie Grossman has been providing some pretty consistent offense. I mean, he's been much, much hotter as of late in the second half. I mean, he hasn't hit nearly as many home runs, but again, he is providing basically exactly what you want from that numbers, those number seven and eight spots in your lineup. I mean, one through six, those guys, I mean, at this point and whenever Josh Young gets back, it'll be one through seven, but the number eight hitter, which will be probably Robbie Grossman. Once this team is fully healthy, you want those guys to keep the lineup moving, work those at bats, make pitchers throw a lot of pitches and let everybody else get some eyes on what the pitcher is throwing that day. And that's something that Robbie Grossman does, something that Josh Smith does as well. And Leo Tavares has has some moments of doing that. I mean, he's your number nine hitter. Not a whole lot that you're expecting from him offensively. Uh, and when he gets hot, we know how how much damage he can do. And it seems like he might be around the corner from one of those hot streaks to finish off the season. That would be absolutely massive for this team that really, really needs it. But Nathaniel Lowe had a rare off day. He had, a, I believe, a 15-game on base streak heading into this one, went 0 for 5 with a pair of strikeouts. But the rest of the lineup was pretty much doing their jobs. Garver and Seeger and Haim, who had the loudest, longest single I think I've ever seen, a hundred miles an hour off the bat that just smacked up against the wall. And Jonah just, if he had hit it just a little bit higher, or would it, if he hit it somewhere else, if he hit it in uh, in Houston, there were two balls that inning after the Mitch Garver solo shot. There were two different, very hard hit balls. One by Jonah Haim, one by. Tavares that would have been home runs in Houston but were not home runs in Texas it's just those really annoy me ones where it's like oh if you were just in the other place that you're playing against this team then that would have been a home run but 
you know, maybe it would have been robbed by Kyle Tucker in right field because that's the kind of thing that he does quite a bit, unfortunately, against this Rangers squad. But the offense did their jobs. They are looking a lot better. It is a positive momentum builder moving forward. But the pitching, yet again, even the starting pitching, did not do its job in this one. Coming up, we're going to look at that and what massive, drastic changes need to be made in the bullpen. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. The MLB playoffs are around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Acuna, Betts, Otani, I mean, Mitch Garver, Corey Seager. I mean, those guys are absolutely incredible. And now is the time to make your picks on stats for stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on a Sleeper. Get your picks right or you could win big. And you could would win big. Do you think that Marcus Simeon is holding a grudge against from Valdez against for the last game that those two played against each other? Do you think he's going to go yard? Do you think that Adolis Garcia might also go yard against from Valdez just like he did in Houston the last series that these two teams played? Well, make those picks. Use promo code Locked On and you'll get up to a one hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers' terms of use for details. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's show, we'll be wrapping up game two of this series with a fresh starter off the IL in Nathan Eovaldi. The Rangers take on the Astros this week. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the Rangers finally announced that Nathan Eovaldi will be starting game two of this series, an important announcement before yesterday's game was that Dane Dunning was available out of the bullpen, so it seems like he is the casualty in the rotation. He is going to be moving back into the bullpen, which is a demotion, obviously, and uh, is going to be it's going to be frustrating for him because he's had such a good season. But after the last two starts, I mean, it's kind of a you got to ride the hot hand as it is. And even though it is a demotion, it is arguably a important promotion because the Rangers just need good pitchers in their bullpen because it has been so incredibly rough. He's probably going to be the piggyback starter in this game for Nathan Yavaldi. I don't think he goes more than two or three innings. He hasn't had a rehab start, so he's just going to be coming in. You're going to have to build a whole lot of momentum. It's going to be a tough outing, an important outing. He's going to go up against Fran Rivaldez, who the Rangers have done a very good job of annihilating, beating him twice this year, including that massive, massive blowout in the final game of the series in Houston the last time these two teams played, which was just one of my favorite, it, no, I think definitely my favorite game of the season because it was just so, so, so much fun to see them annihilate Fromber Valdez. They are getting Nathan Ivaldi back, a huge, huge plus for them. Um, and Dane Dunning, another good pitcher going into this bullpen um, to hopefully be able to provide some length because he has been stretched out as a starter all year. And the Rangers need some length from their starters. They need some length from the good arms in their bullpen because they haven't really gotten it from Andrew Heaney, the number five starter. I mean, he almost got through five innings in this one. He almost got through five scoreless innings. He had, you know, two outs in the in the top of the fifth inning, and it, it looked like we might be able to get out of it unscathed. But 
Unfortunately, the Astros rally for three two-out runs in the fifth in the fifth inning, and then two two-out runs back-to-back homers by Glenn Otto in the sixth inning. It's just incredibly frustrating to watch this bullpen blow it yet again because the Rangers' offense, like I said, they did their job, but this bullpen, I mean, my God, yesterday's show I I talked about how how I I, I literally learned new languages. I used Google Translate to come up with new ways to say that this bullpen is bad. But I mean, my goodness, this game was just so brutal. So incredibly brutal. Ten runs, nine of them were earned, and it just, it felt like, (laughs) it felt like all of them were very, very earned. This bullpen just, I mean, the worst culprit was Josh Spores, who got to two strikes often and this has been the case with bad Josh Boers is that he will get to two strikes and then not be able to put guys away I mean he got to 0-2 on uh, Jordan Alvarez and then ended up walking him I mean it felt like everything kind of slipped away from this team when Andrew Heaney had that throwing error on the weak dribbler by Jose Altuve I mean he just nearly got out of it and just could not quite do it which was the story of this bullpen all day I mean Glenn Otto went an inning in a third and allowed back-to-back solo shots from, uh, not McCormick, from uh, Dubon and Altuve. I mean, Dubon had a multi-home run day. He only had seven home runs on the season, which at this point was a career high, and he gave up, he came up big with his eighth and ninth home runs of the season, one off Martin Perez, one off of Glenn Otto, and it was just everybody in this lineup that just got to the Rangers. I mean, Yiner Diaz had a 450-plus foot moonshot, three-run shot off of Josh Spores, who just could not get out of his own way. It felt like at times Josh Spores was one of the Rangers' few good relievers, and he was. And then since he came back from that bicep tendonitis, he just has not been the same in high-leverage situations, low-leverage situations. He's just, for the most part, hasn't been able to get it done. And part of this, uh, what didn't feel like it was entirely his fault, it was a little bit of the fault of Corey Seager, who had just a massive, massive error in that six-run seventh inning where everything just fell to crap. It was It looked like a routine double-play ball that just... It just went under his glove, and yeah, it would have scored a run, and I think it would have been a two-run game at that point, but instead it scored two runs, and the Rangers just could not get out of their own way in that inning. It just, everything fell apart. I mean, it was walks, it was home runs, it was bloop singles, it was just, everything was falling for the Astros, and after this one, it just feels like something massive needs to change. It didn't matter who was throwing. I mean, the only person to come into this game and not give up uh, a home run, well, Heaney didn't give up a home run, but he did allow four walks in his four and two-thirds innings, but Austin Hedges was the best pitcher of the day for the Rangers. Two batters faced, two outs, and, uh, you know, maybe he's the closer now. I I don't even freaking know at this point, but a game that felt like the Rangers had in hand, you get three runs in the first three innings. The Rangers haven't traditionally done a great job for the last, like, month or so of scoring early in games. It feels like it takes the Rangers, you know, getting into a bullpen uh, or getting into the second time seeing a pitcher to start scoring runs and Sometimes the Rangers starters, if they struggle early, then the Rangers can get behind and then it just starts to spiral from there. But the Rangers had a three nothing lead heading in with two outs in the top of the fifth inning. And that Astros rally just really, really killed the Rangers. But I mean, the Rangers came up with rallies of their own. I mean, rallying to tie it in the bottom of the fifth inning and uh, again in the sixth inning to, to get it, uh, get the lead. It was just incredibly frustrating. Excuse me, it was a, a 
go ahead um, homer by Corey Seager in the fifth inning and a go ahead homer by Mitch Garver in the sixth inning and the seventh inning is just where things felt like have gone to die. Coming up, we're going to look at what dramatic changes need to be made in the bullpen, what is even left to do, and why it might be start time to time to start cutting bait on some guys. But first, this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers first listen every single day. On Thursday's show, we'll be breaking down this series as a whole and what it means for the Rangers moving forward. The Rangers take on the Astros this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, it feels like it's time for some wholesale changes in this bullpen. I know I just talked about how Spores, you know, maybe he got a little bit unlucky. His expected stats are very good this year. His stuff is very good and... There's always been some hope of the will they, won't they, is he a good reliever, is he not a good reliever? And I think at this point, even though some of this wasn't his fault, just a game like this is is just time. It's just time to cut bait on Josh Spores. Like I just don't think the Rangers can fix him. If the Dodgers couldn't fix him, I mean, they are a much better run organization, much more winning organization, much smarter organization. They've shown that over years and years and years. And if they can't fix a guy, I mean, sometimes just a change of scenery will work wonders. I mean, they couldn't fix Cody Bellinger when he fell into his funk, and it seems like the Cubs have, have done that. But that seems to be the exception, not the rule. But it, it seems like the time for Josh Spores being a great reliever is just over. I don't know what the Rangers can get from him at this point, and I don't really know what to make of Glenn Otto. I mean, he gave up those just two massive home runs in a spot where you just can't do that. He had two outs. I mean, the first five runs of this game the Astros scored were with two outs. Just get one batter out. They couldn't do it time and time again. And, like, I'm just at my wits end with this bullpen. This bullpen, this is a great Rangers season. It's supposed to be a much greater Rangers season than it's been. I mean, this team, their expected wins-loss ratio is 83 and uh, 54. Like, seven wins better. They would have, I believe that math checks out to be a, uh, what, a six-run or six-game lead in the division. If they had just an average pin, this might be a 105-win team. Honestly, if they had a good pin, this might be a 110-win team. The offense is incredible. Corey Seager is doing historic things. Nathaniel Lowe has been pretty good. Most of this infield has been pretty good. You had six all-stars on this team, and when Nathan Evaldi comes back and once he gets fully up to speed, this might be the best rotation in baseball with Nathan Evaldi. I mean, Max Scherzer, John Gray having his moments, Andrew Heaney, uh, we, we know what he can do, and Jordan Montgomery being mostly pretty good. I mean, like, this should be a contending team. This should be a team that is the best, has one of the best records in baseball, if not the best record in all of baseball. I mean, like, this should be a team that, this series is just like a mildly scary one where even if you get swept, you still have a three-game lead in the division. That That's where the Rangers should have been heading into the series. But instead, it's game after game after game after game where this bullpen just blows leads and blows games wide open and just can't get the job done over and over again. And I don't know what to do at this point. The Rangers don't know what to do at this point. As soon as one guy looks like he's starting to look better, he falls apart. As soon as another guy starts to look better, you throw him in a big spot and then he falls apart as well. I mean, I just, there is no answer really. I mean, Zach Kent feels like the 
only answer the Rangers have. I think that the moves, the roster moves they should make before today's game is is option Glenn Otto back down, um, call up Zach Kent, and then just DFA Josh Spores. Like I just, I think it's got to be that time. There's just not a whole lot this team can do to get that much better, and that feels like one of the few options. It's gonna hurt if Josh if or maybe even when Josh Boris goes somewhere else and ends up figuring it out. But I just don't think it's going to be here. I think that Zach Kent is one of the few options in the minors that really could help this team. And I don't know what they're doing wasting him in AAA. I mean, there's there's a few arms in AAA. I mean, I, I don't have bones about DFAing almost anybody in this bullpen outside of like Will Smith and... I don't know if they DFA to Rollins Chapman at this point, I wouldn't be <laughs> too mad um, just because like he has just not been able to get it done in the biggest spots and has an ERA of three and a half. And it feels like an ERA of like nine in the last two weeks while the entirety of this bullpen has been imploding. But like, I mean, who do you really think is, is going to come up and, and save this team? Is it is it going to be uh, Chase Lee, who throws like 91? Is it going to be Ian Kennedy? Is it Jonathan Hernandez time to, to come back up? Is it time for Danny Duffy to come up? Matt Bush, who's allowed two home runs and three innings in AAA so far? Is it Grant Anderson that's going to save this team? I, maybe you throw Cody Bradford in these high leverage spots. Honestly, I think that might be the answer because he's been one of the few people in this pin that can actually reliably get outs and get outs consistently like I mean Cody Bradford might be the second best reliever Will Smith might be the best reliever at this point I don't even know what the answer is maybe Dane Dunning going in the pen is going to pitch some high leverage innings or he's going to be there as your mop-up guy I mean he did a really great job of that when he was coming in in big situations and games where Jacob deGrom had to be taken out or the starter just could not get it done I mean he's done very well at that point and I think just literally adding one more decent pitcher to the bullpen is going to help because honestly, how can it hurt? The Rangers had some more moves to be made at the deadline, but I mean, looking back, I mean, maybe anyone the Rangers traded for just, I feel like whatever's wrong with this bullpen is just contagious because it, it doesn't seem like it matters who they throw out there, what guys they promote, what guys they trade for. Like it just, it's just contagious. Like the bullpen mentality is defeated this year. And bullpens are the most finicky things. And maybe a trade for, for I don't know, Keenan Middleton would have sent this team over the top. Maybe a, a trade for, I don't know, maybe if they were able to claim one of those two relievers on the waiver wire in Matt Moore or Reynaldo Lopez, maybe that would have changed everything. But I don't know, man. I really just don't know at this point. It's It kind of just feels like you have to resign yourself that this is going to be end up being an incredibly frustrating and lost season because of this bullpen. Like, it's almost entirely squarely on the bullpen. Like, there's just not much more you can look at. The starting pitching is great. The offense is really freaking good. It has moments where it's inconsistent. They're not going to score 10 runs literally every game. They might not be scoring 10 runs um, in many games moving forward. But for the most part, they have been doing their freaking job. But this bullpen, just time and time again, it's the most frustrating part of a team to have a bad part of because, you know, you're winning two-thirds into the game and then that's the only thing, the noise that this bullpen makes when they come into the game. Like, they they could have their fun walkout songs of, you know, like Edwin Diaz had with the Trumpet Boy, or uh, you could have Enter Sandman like Mario Rivera. I mean, maybe the, the sound that needs to come out when these Rangers relievers are coming into a game is just the sound of a flushing toilet because the games have been flushed away at this point. And I, I'm literally out of words. Like, there's just... 
there's nothing that can be done to fix it. It is just so defeated that to this point, I'm kind of resigning myself away that even if the Rangers do hold on to that last wildcard spot, which they're only a half game up on the Blue Jays, who will have a decent team, even though the Mariners keep losing games. I mean, the Mariners have lost three out of their last four, but the Rangers have not gained any ground because they have also lost three out of their last four games. And it's just been... It's mind-numbing. I mean, you can just see the defeat in Bruce Bochy's eyes. It's like, all right, let's call the pen. Let's let's call the pen. Let's see who's going to blow it away this time. Like, there's just... It feels like there's literally no hope. And it hate, I hate being that defeated and that upset. But, like, I, I don't even know what to do at this point. Maybe... I mean, how many relievers on this on this team even have a sub three ERA? There's there's not many of them. There is, um, let's see, Chris Stratton, and there is, that's it. It's literally just Chris Stratton that is the only reliever in this pat pin that has a sub three ERA. Not like not even sub two, not even sub two and a half, but just sub three of like being fine jose leclerc is close at 3.02 will smith is at 3.86 brock burke 3.74 and then you have your next most used guys and josh borsch with a 5.8 era grant anderson with an era over five cody bradford his era is 429 but i feel like i trust him the most i mean rollis chapman is at 332 era i mean it's just there's not much left that this team can do i mean Maybe if you get real desperate, you can, if you really are feeling like it won't affect the psyche of him, maybe you call up Jack Leiter and put him in this pen. If you're just feeling really insanely desperate, that feels like a move that would be, um, I don't know, incredibly desperate and could be very detrimental to his future and to your future as an organization. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what you have to do. Antoine Kelly has been crushing it in double A for some reason. He is still in double A, and I honestly don't understand why. He has a 195 ERA in 50 and two thirds innings, 69 strikeouts to just 22 walks. I mean, I'd call him up tomorrow and just DFA. I don't know. Spin the dial and point to somebody. I mean, I've been. I feel like I've been screaming for Antoine Kelly to at least get promoted to triple A, because. For some reason, he survived the Rule 5 draft. I didn't think he was going to, but he did survive the Rule 5 draft. And he's pitching like this. You're not going to surprise people, but you're going to have to put him on your 40-man roster after this year anyway. Why not just see if he's anything, call him up, and if he's bad, then he's probably not going to be that much worse than the guys you have pitching right now. And at least the other teams don't have tape on him yet, or at least not Major League tape on him yet. So, like, why not call him up? Like, you're probably going to lose him this offseason anyway unless you put him on the 40-man. I don't see him surviving the the Rule 5 draft two years in a row because his raw stuff is so freaking good, and this year his numbers are actually good as well. I mean, they were okay last year. They weren't insanely good, but he's the guy who the Rangers got in the Matt Bush trade with um, with Milwaukee. And, I mean, this year, I mean, he had a 7.23 ERA in Frisco last year in 18 and two-thirds innings. That's kind of probably why he survived the Rule 5 draft, but he was also walking 9.2 per nine. This year, it's down to 3.9 walks per nine. And the strikeouts are up to 12.3 Ks per nine, which he wasn't at last year. So, I mean... Why Why is he still there? I really don't understand at this point. You're probably going to see him go in the Rule 5 draft, and maybe he'll have big league success, success with whoever drafts him in that Rule 5 draft because he is unprotected, uh, not on your 40 men. You're going to have to make a choice anyway. Again, like 
you've got to try something because trying nothing and just trotting this bullpen back out there time and time and time and time again is going to lose you a playoff spot. And if you even get to the playoffs, it's going to lose you almost all of your playoff games unless you can just completely outslug everybody, which, I mean, this offense is kind of capable of doing and just surviving and hanging on tooth and nail. I mean, it feels like even a five-run lead isn't safe with this bullpen. Like, it's just... It's honestly insane. It's way too much to ask for this offense, way too much to ask for the starters, but it's become the point where the most important thing for any starter in this rotation is just going deep into games. Like just getting six or seven innings every time out feels like a must. And even then, even if you do get seven innings of this pen, there's still times where this bullpen can completely fall apart. And then you have to go into extra innings, even if you have a lead. And you know, we all know how insanely terrible this team is in extra innings because mainly the relievers are just giving up just so much, just so incredibly much. I mean, I just have lost my words for how bad this bullpen is, how maddening it is, and how much I hate that I have to resign myself to this great season, this mostly very, very fun season for two-thirds of it, just wash down the pooper, because like these Rangers games, the first two-thirds of the game, everything looks great. The offense is great. The starting pitching is great. And then down the home stretch in the most frustrating fashion, the most predictable fashion, every single time this bullpen gives it up again and again and again. And it is just time for something dramatic to change. I honestly don't really even care what it is because this is untenable. This is unwatchable. This is unbearable how bad this bullpen is. And it is not something that this team can keep suffering for even one more day. Thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing. Even in the bad times, don't forget to enjoy Pennant Chase, Texas Rangers baseball.